0: Hey, 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 welcome to the Badly Branded Podcast. This is Episode 7, and I'm your host, Biola Marie. First and foremost, I want to take a moment to pause and acknowledge the tragedy that's been unfolding in Ukraine. I hesitated to put out an episode, just given all that's going on in our world right now, and given the heaviness of our current news cycle. We are truly living through a dark period in our collective history. And so it seems rather silly to talk about celebrity nonsense and my pets and pop culture, but I think that we can send prayers and well wishes of healing, peace, safety, and comfort, and also acknowledge the gravity and scary, tragic seriousness of the situation and the severity of the situation while also finding comfort in things like art, humor, and entertainment, if even just for a second. Now, I don't want it to seem tone-deaf to talk about things that are fluffy or shallow or nonsensical or relatively unimportant. And I acknowledge that it is a privilege to be able to escape for a few moments when so many people all over the world have no way to escape, no way to escape the traumatic realities that they're living through every day, whether due to the Russia-Ukraine conflict or some other evil or tragic situation. I know that. I honor that. And I am aware that in the grand scheme of things, most of the things that I discuss on this podcast are pretty insignificant and unimportant. but. I don't know how else to trudge on through dark or tragic times other than to work, to write, to talk, and to create. So before I continue, I want to ask you to send good vibes and prayers, if that's your thing, to the people of Ukraine and to anyone else suffering in this world for any reason. And if you want to help the people of Ukraine, you can start by just spreading awareness about the situation. Don't be afraid to talk about it or post about it. It's ugly and it's sad, but it's real. And that's the reality right now. So you can also donate to relief funds if you're able to and you feel called to. I can recommend some organizations, which include the Lions Club International, Save the Children International, the Ukrainian Red Cross, Nova Ukraine, UNICEF Ukraine, CARE International, the Global Fund for Ukraine, the Sunflower of Peace Organization, and the International Medical Corps. There's also um, an organization called Outright International Ukraine to support LGBTQ uh, in Ukraine. And you can also donate to animal welfare organizations in Ukraine or benefiting Ukraine, like SPCA International, Happy Paw Ukraine, Shelter Best Friends, uh, in Kiev, um, the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries, and the International Fund for Animal Welfare. I also want to spend some time today talking about Brittany's book deal, Amanda Bynes, 50 Cent, the show Pam and Tommy and the celebrity who is annoying me the most at the moment. But first I want to briefly address another serious but important topic. So aside from the situation in Ukraine, something else that I've been pondering a lot in recent months and years is the stigma of both chronic illness and mental illness. I live with both. There are many people, mostly people of generations older than my own, that for admitting these things or saying these things out loud is somehow shameful or embarrassing, that it's attention-seeking or makes me and others somehow less than. But I and others should not hide it away, especially the mental health stuff. The problem, though, is that sweeping it under the rug when it comes to mental, emotional issues and physical health issues can actually lead to bigger and more complicated problems down the road. Being shamed for sharing your truth, I mean, that can be dangerous territory, and evidence shows that it isn't healthy. It can actually make problems worse being told to suck it up or rub it, rub some dirt on it or the boys don't cry or that you're too nice or too sensitive or too emotional. That's all harmful AF. People acting like it's embarrassing or shameful when someone needs to, I don't know, like get disability benefits or see a therapist or use a handicapped parking pass or request time off work. That's all ridiculous. Those things are not embarrassing and they're nothing to be ashamed of. That's all harmful. The idea that that those things are somehow a flaw or something to be judged for, that's all very harmful. Yet most people until very recent years operated under the assumption that being open about these things would make other people feel some type of way and therefore we should hide it. Hide it because, after all, we wouldn't want to upset other people or force other people to address their own emotions or biases or challenge their assumptions about disabled or mentally ill people. Our society has conditioned people that showing emotion equates to weakness And that if you're sick or disabled, it's your fault, you brought it upon yourself, you must have chosen it, you deserve it, or you must not want to be better. Or if none of those things pertain, then, well, then you're just a person to be pitied and felt bad for. But I'm here to say, people can live with chronic illness, with physical disability, or with mental and emotional conditions and still thrive. They can still thrive, they can still be fine. They can still be happy. They can still be functioning and productive members of society if they so choose. And here's the kicker, folks no one chooses to be sick or unwell in any capacity, mental or physical or otherwise. No one chooses that. It's utter ableism when you hear people say things like someone can just choose to be healthy or choose to be happy. Ableism is the assumption that normal means healthy and able-bodied, and that anyone else is other, is something other than normal. But here's the thing, and I didn't look up the statistics, so feel free to do so on your own, on your own. Um, but like half the population lives with a medical condition or disability, or a mental health issue, if not more than half. So I would say those things are pretty normal, right? So, why are we made to feel bad if we have existing medical conditions? Folks, if you are sick, you didn't bring it upon yourself, and you aren't a burden, and you have value and worth, and that value and worth isn't determined by what a family member, or a boss, or a podcast host, or a pastor, or a magazine cover preaches to you or thinks of you. Your value and your worth aren't determined by decades old societal norms and mores that need to i don't know simply put just get with the times hey i'll be i'll be honest um i live with anxiety PTSD a form of OCD called pure O and seasonal affective disorder also known as seasonal depression I also live with moderate um, to severe rheumatoid arthritis. That's an autoimmune condition that I've had since childhood. I also live with bad osteoarthritis that has had joints of mine that are in their 30s looking and behaving like joints that are in their 80s. Um, I have an autoimmune condition called celiac disease. I've had brain surgery for a congenital condition called Chiari malformation. I have an autonomic nervous system condition called POTS, Postural Orthostatic Tachycardia Syndrome, and along with that something called gastroparesis, and along with that also a benign heart arrhythmia. I got a total knee replacement and a thumb joint replacement in my 30s. I have chronic migraine, which the World Health Organization considers to be one of the top 10 most disabling conditions in the world. Yet, I travel a lot. I've already gotten to take some of my dream trips. I've published three books I'm working on, two and soon to be three others. I work full-time and part-time and freelance. I've been to over 100 concerts and met some of my favorite celebrities and been on TV and went to college and won awards and have a very full, fun, fulfilling life. And I'm gonna say I am more self-aware, more emotionally intelligent, more well-rounded and more well-adjusted than many people are who are without any mental health concerns. And I've also accomplished more even while living with physical disabilities and chronic illness than most people ever will accomplish and I've done it all while being sick and living with multiple, sometimes invisible, physical challenges. But I and many others are nonetheless looked down upon for sharing our stories. We're questioned, we're not always believed, especially if we look or behave a certain way. We're sometimes mocked for our journeys. We get unsolicited advice. We get unwarranted judgment. We face insurmountable stigma and are accused of oversharing and TMI. But hey, most of us don't bat an eyelash when you complain about your spouse or your neighbors for two or three hours or sometimes 24-7. And we don't judge you for not taking care of your own health or your own body or your own mind. We don't judge you for not being self-aware, for not being accountable to your own mental health, and for not seeking help when you need it. So you can continue to look down on those of us with mental health or physical health struggles if it makes you feel better. Um, and if it sounds like I have a chip on my shoulder about this, kind of, I kind of I kinda do. Like, I'm a nice person. I'm an open-minded person. I'm empathetic. I'm kind, compassionate. Non judgmental, but I do get a bit upset about people being judged for physical or mental issues. Can't help it. I'm sick of toxic positivity and barely veiled judgment, but at the same time, I know that it, like a lot of things, stems from fear. Like, what I mean by that is it's easy to blame a sick or disabled person or a mentally ill person for their own struggles. Like, It's easier for you to say if they caused it, it's their problem, they brought it upon themselves, and they can fix it. Here's why. Because if they didn't cause it, that means it could happen to you too. And that scares people. People don't want to look in the mirror and take ownership for their own stuff, which is fine in some cases. Where it gets to be a problem, though, is that It can affect other people, and it can be a matter of public health. We've seen that with COVID, but I digress. We're not going down that road. But we also see it in other ways. For instance, in the form of generational trauma or just the notion of spreading negativity, toxic energy, that kind of thing. Because unresolved issues don't just affect the person. They don't just affect, like, that individual They radiate outward and can also negatively impact, um, can negatively negatively impact uh family, friends, and other loved ones, and sometimes even strangers around you. And then on the physical side, a person not taking care of themselves, you know. That can even impact other people. So like when it comes to mental health, obviously a person not taking care of their mental health that can have big and lasting impacts on their family and friends and stuff. But physically, you know, not taking care of your body, that can impact others too. I mean, for one, not not only does it suck as a sick person whose whole life revolves around trying to be healthy and seeking comfort and seeking wellness It sucks when your life revolves around that and you have to see healthy people that were blessed with good health not taking care of themselves, not trying to prolong or preserve their health, not being grateful for their health. Um, Aside from that, it also puts undue strain on the healthcare system and the medical system when preventative wellness falls to the wayside and we only focus on sick care instead of health care. But again, I digress. It's just there's a lot going on in this world in recent days, weeks, months, and even recent years. And people are hurting, right? The millennial generation in particular gets crapped on all of the time, but despite being the most educated generation to date, we are the first generation to be actually worse off than our parents based on a number of factors from economic to mental wellness. Anxiety and depression rates are higher In our generation, too. But when you think about it, other generations before us have, at some points, at least gotten a respite from bad news and tragedies and economic crises and all of that. And we really haven't. You know, the things that have been normalized within our lifespan are just crazy. Older generations have also been through a lot in their own way, but they've lost sight of the fact that they knew more so than we have what it was to have hope. A lot of people in my generation are realists and recognize that our world has kind of gone to shit, you know? Um, And so we just kind of expect bad news. One thing that we're not is delusional. And one thing that we are is self-aware. So it's not a matter of being pessimistic. It's just look at all the things that we've lived through and never really gotten a break from We know that most of the crap that was handed down to us from prior generations wasn't our doing or our choosing, but we're left to pick up the pieces nonetheless. And now we have international tragedy after international tragedy, national trauma after national trauma, and that's on top of personal things. But we're constantly told on social media and in these think pieces that We're too sensitive or lazy or entitled or whatever, when most millennials I know work their butts off to have a fraction of the quality of life that generations before us got to enjoy and are also a very kind, open-minded, empathetic generation who really are self-aware and not self-centered and not entitled. So I don't get where that comes from. We're very accepting, you know, um, And we've done all that while coming of age in the era of school shootings, mass shootings, 9-11, and more. We're told to look on while females were absolutely tortured in the media, while politicians sought to take away our health care, while black people are still killed in the streets, while a pandemic rages on. But we're too sensitive if we make a fuss about any of it, or if we carry These emotional battle scars from never have really gotten a break from bad news. And if we want to talk about celebrities, the Britneys and the Kanyes of the world, they're products of their environment and our society, just as we all are. So give them some grace, give each other some grace, and just be kind. The whole world, no matter age or location or generation, is collectively going through a lot as of late. And some have it worse than others, obviously. So Ukraine, our hearts are with you. And anyone worldwide, if you're struggling with chronic illness or mental health, or just feeling like there isn't much hope to cling to, my heart is with you. So moving along, um we'll get away from some of that heavier stuff. Kanye is still up to his antics. Um he's now on to his I think second Kim Kardashian clone which is creepy to say the least. Now, I know there's a lot of Kim K clones out there, a lot of influencers and celebrities kind of seem like they walk into the plastic surgeon's office and say hey, give me the Kardashian special. And then they just come out. It's like a factory, right? They all have the same lips, the same whatever, you know, um, the same bodies, the same, you know, um, eyelashes and eyebrows and all of it. Um, But I don't even mean like that type of clone. I mean, these women legit look like they could be Kim Kardashian's twin or body double. It's creepy um, that he's flaunting These women around town who literally look identical to Kim or, you know, maybe some of them like a knockoff version of Kim, but it's weird. It's creepy. Like I said, uh, don't ever really know what to make of him. I did a whole episode about it. So you can take a listen if you're interested in my thoughts on Kanye. I am enjoying his documentary on Netflix, however. Um, You know, I hesitated to watch because I don't feel like supporting him right now, but It's actually really good. So um, I look forward to catching up on that tonight. Speaking of Kanye, the celebrity that's currently annoying me the most, believe it or not, isn't him. It's his ex, Julia Fox. Like, okay. I'm not being a hater, but did anyone really know who she was before she dated Kanye? I mean, I'm not trying to belittle her. I'm usually very pro-women, but I'm kind of like over... Seeing these people in my newsfeed that are like, I don't know, who are you? <laughs> I mean, that Trisha Paytas chick who I still don't know how to say her last name. I referenced her in a recent episode. I think I accidentally called her Kim Petras. <laughs> so, Trisha Paytas, Kim Petras, whatever your name is, like, who are you? And like, Julia Fox, who are you? I mean, at least with influencers, they're honest about what you're getting, right? Like, You're an influencer. We don't really know you, but we know your gig. We understand the shtick. Like that's your hustle. You do you. That's your thing. You do you. I'm not going to knock that. They're not really like pretending that they're some A-list celebrity, but like with a Julia Fox type, I don't know. I get that she's an actress, but oh my God, like some of the stuff she says, she's a muse, honey. And she dates billionaires, honey. Like I am sorry, but she is worse than any Kardashian and she's worse than most influencers. I'm just saying it's very annoying. And the Trisha, Peta, Petas, Petras, whatever her name is, I don't get that whole thing either. Like, yeah, they're both making a heck of a lot more money than me, so good for them. So I'm not like being a hater. Good for you and your hustle, but they just annoy me. I can't help it. So I guess my opinion on them is, like, you go, girl, but also stay off my newsfeed. <laughs> I want to read about, like, real celebrities. Um, so on to on to better celebrity news. Britney, Britney Spears got a $15 million book deal with, like, I think, Simon & Schuster, maybe. Um, and it's apparently the biggest book deal since Michelle Obama, I think. And I believe one of the biggest or maybe the biggest in history, which is amazing, and in my opinion, very well-deserved, Britney needs to show people that she did not need the conservatorship or her toxic team around her in order to thrive. She only needed herself. And she definitely has a story to tell, more so than most celebrities who pen memoirs. So, I for one am so excited, so excited. (laughs) And I'm curious to see if she will also do like an in depth interview or not. Um, Whatever she wants to do, I support. Because as much as I want her to get back into performing, and I am admittedly quite excited about the rumors that Britney is recording a song with Eminem, um, if Britney says she was retiring and just wanted to live a happy married life, a quiet life with Sam or whatever, And just be at peace and be like a normal person and be a mom and not work anymore. I would totally support that. I'm a huge fan of her. I always have been. And I would miss her and I'd miss her music and her artistry and whatever. But she deserves it. She deserves, if she wants to have a comeback in her career, awesome. If she wants to take a break, awesome. If she wants to retire, awesome. I support it. And I almost think that she would be much happier and better off if she wasn't in the industry anymore and wasn't in the spotlight anymore. So whatever she wants to do, I support. I'm very much looking forward to the book. Um, Obviously, it's going to do better than Jamie Lynn's book. Um, So yeah, congrats on the book deal, Brittany. Um, And in Brittany adjacent news, and also relating to the um, earlier topic of mental health, Actress and fashion designer Amanda Bynes, um, mostly known as an actress, I think she was on, uh, obviously she was like in a lot of teen movies in the early 2000s and on, uh, I think it was like Nickelodeon, Um, but then she went to fashion school. So Amanda Bynes, though, is who we're talking about. She has filed to get out of her conservatorship because she was under one too. And actually, I'm not judging her for this. I'm just saying I personally think her behavior was more concerning, more alarming, and more dangerous than Britney's even. But I'm not going to, like, judge whether or not she needed her conservatorship. I don't know. Um, it sounds like she's been staying clean and doing well at college and keeping herself on the straight and narrow. So she deserves to thrive, too, and have some freedom and some rights, too. Like I said about Britney and in reference to Kanye West, I don't know that most people who are not, like, completely mentally incapacitated um need to be in a conservatorship situation they're usually not you know the ideal scenario and they should be a very last resort um again usually reserved for people that are like in a vegetative state or severe dementia or something um so it's weird that like you see an Amanda Bynes and a Britney Spears in one and people talking about putting Kanye in one when obviously these people are well enough to be able to to work and provide and be functioning members of society. So it's like, I don't know how do they deserve to have their rights taken away and be in a guardianship? I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, I don't know if she needs to be in it, but if her getting out of it is the best um direction for her and that's gonna help her be well and thrive, then I support her. So good for Amanda. I hope it works out in whatever way is meant to be in whatever way is going to be the best for her. And I hope that with her, as with Britney Spears, that if she does get free, that she, meaning Amanda Bynes and Britney, both are still supported in terms of their mental health and physical health and emotional health and all of that. I hope they're still supported, safe, Um that they stay healthy, that they have a good team around them with their best interests at heart and all of that. Someone can still need support and guidance and help without needing to be in a conservatorship. Um, I feel like that should go without saying. Um, Yeah, so uh, speaking of 90s and 2000s female celebrities who have been treated horribly by the media... No, it isn't Brittany. It isn't Amanda. It's Pamela Anderson. My hubby and I are watching the Hulu show Pam and Tommy, and man, she was treated horribly—like absolutely awful. Now, I was a little younger, and fairly young when all of that was going on in real time, and I admittedly didn't realize how terribly Pam was treated, the ringer that she was put through, and what a what a um like invasion of privacy it all was. I mean. The deposition that Pamela Anderson had to give, oh, my God, it was awful. Um, The way a judge said her body was public property or something, insane. That's terrible. The media, like, was making it out like she was to blame and she was asking for it or that it was her fault. It made my stomach churn. And while, yeah, I admit I'm watching the series The fact is not lost on me that it was put together and released without Pam and Tommy's consent, just like the sex tape. Like, hello, hypocrites. Here's the thing. I'm not above watching the series. I mean, it's already out, but do I acknowledge the hypocrisy there? Yeah. It's, of course, not the same invasion of privacy since it's based on a news article that was already written, but it's still exploitative, you know, and it's still a little ironic. Um, Now, I know that people like me hate watching it are a part of the problem. That said, for me, it has really increased my sympathy and empathy for Pam um, and really changed kind of my view on Pamela Anderson and um, really made me feel for her. So that part of it is a positive, I think. I just have to wonder who like feels good about watching a celebrity sex tape that the the celebrities didn't release themselves or give permission to be released. That was like an intimate moment that was stolen from them, you know? Um so like we don't know if like Kim Kardashian leaked hers. Um I think it was made pretty clear that Paris didn't leak hers, um, but we definitely know that Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee didn't leak theirs. It was stolen and then published for the world to see. That's just not okay. Like I said, some of these women and men, you know, I've I've addressed this before in the Kardashian episodes, Uh, some of them have decided to turn a negative situation into something positive and profit off of it financially, which cool, more power to them, I support that. But the fact remains that these videos never should have been released to the public. Like, never should have been released to begin with. And furthermore, Pam, much like Janet Jackson with Nipplegate, didn't deserve to have her entire career basically destroyed. I mean, I know she doesn't want or need pity, but I truly feel for her, just like I feel for Janet. I mean, it is so wildly unfair. At least with Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian and some other female celebrities who have been the victims of revenge porn or had nudes leaked or whatever, they still came out on top and didn't have their careers destroyed. But Pamela Anderson and Janet Jackson, ugh, I just hate the way they were treated by the media and the public. I mean, women historically are treated like garbage in our society and in the press but damn, the 90s and 2000s were rough on female celebrities, honey. Holy cow. And I got to add too, we talked about the Super Bowl halftime show in the last episode and something I failed to mention that I want to address was how horrible people were about 50 cent. Imagine you're 50, okay? You're 50 cent like someone calls you to do the freaking Super Bowl, which is a highlight of most artists' careers, and everyone starts body shaming you immediately during and after your set. Like obviously women get it worse usually, but Fiti was mocked and made fun of about his weight and it was not kind. It's just so rude. Um meanwhile the guy had the guy has had a good career and he was They're performing a hit song, which is like a bop that just everyone loves and got so excited to hear, yet his physical appearance was a main talking point after the show and a mean one at that. So at any rate, that's all I've got for today. Um, If you're someone who, you know, hates discussions about mental health or vague Allusions to feminism. Um, you might have hated this episode, but that you're right and you're feeling. And guess what? Like I said above, we are all entitled to feel our feelings and share our feelings. Um, Ukraine, we love you. We stand with you. I will end with a poem like I often do. This one was written in the height of COVID, but applies to the situation today as well. So please listen and enjoy. Be safe, everyone. Prayers went silent, put on ice, covered in snow, blanketed with sadness, what to say, where to go. A prayer without words, a muffled premise gone mute. How do you ask for what you need when the whole world needs it too? Crunchy footsteps, cold night, diminishing what's wrong because nothing for no one is right. Winter is coming, winter is here, after a long fight, after a long year. What buds will come with spring? What hope lies in labs? What hope floats on lotus, in needles, on lily pads? For now, we don't know. We just try to figure out what to say, what to do, how to live, what to feel, what to pray. Winter will end, but not without darkness. We can gather prayers for later, a power to harness, tuck them in safe and snug till you find the words to decorate how you feel. Set them aside. And let your heart do the work to mend, to fight, to heal. We'll see you next time.